0: Hello and welcome to the Eastman's Predator Pros podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Nimnick. Great to have you along for another exciting episode. Should be a good one. Got my good buddy Rick Pellett on. As you know, it's always entertaining when he's he's on the mic talking. But uh, we're going to be discussing calling raccoons during the daytime. Uh, something that Rick kind of showed me the way, you know, many years back when I first got a chance to go hunt with him down in Kansas. But uh, I'll tell you what, if you've never done it, maybe you've done it, maybe you haven't done it, maybe you're thinking about doing it. Um, I'll tell you what, pound for pound, when it comes to calling predators, calling raccoons is, is probably the most fun hands down. Um, so we're going to get into talking about call sequences, what we're looking for, how we set up for calling raccoons, um, everything that you need to know. So the next time maybe you have an afternoon or a morning on your hands and, and, uh, don't feel like calling coyotes or want to try something different, uh, you can go out and call some raccoons. So, uh, should be entertaining, but, uh, before we get going, just want to let you guys know, I really appreciate you following along on the podcast. You know, you guys have basically made this the number one predator hunting podcast out there by, by following and listening. So I got to thank you guys for that. Um, especially if you're listening on Spotify, you know, that five-star review goes a long way um, from, for keeping sponsors involved and keeping this baby rolling. So I uh, really appreciate you guys following along and, and making this what it is. Uh, if you're looking for information on myself, the best way to do that is to go to my website, which is coyotecraze.com. Um, that'll give you all the links to the YouTube videos. You know, we talk about the Last Stand a lot on here. I have my own personal YouTube channel as well that has some content on there. Um, that'll give you links to my social media accounts, particularly Instagram. If you want to follow along throughout the season, you know, I post lots of stories, uh, pictures, and content there. Um, if you're looking for information on on the coyote schools and things like that that I put on, you can get that all there at my website. So uh, check it out at CoyoteCraze.com. Now, before we get into the episode, I need to thank. This episode sponsors, which are Hornady and Lucky Duck. Now, we're specifically talking about calling raccoons. So, you know, we shoot a lot of raccoons with these shotguns. And I'll tell you what, that Hornady load we use, that three-inch BB load, I'm telling you what, it's, it's devastating on raccoons. You know, we'll blow them off the tree at 40, 50 yards. But when they come rolling up, uh, it, it's pretty fun uh, shooting them with a shotgun. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, that the great thing about whether you're shooting coyotes with that shotgun load, raccoons, um whatever kind of armage you're shooting. I'll tell you what, the, the great thing I like about it is it's it's fairly in inexpec- its inexpensive for uh you know a shotgun load. You're not dropping three or four dollars a round. Um I think you can get a box of 10 for somewhere in maybe that you know $15 range. Um but it's going to be effective. It's gonna be you know the size of shot that you want. You're putting lots of pellets on target. It's just just an effective round. So if you're looking for a new new shotgun round to to shoot coyotes with or raccoons or whatever, you know, check out that Hornady three inch BB round, you won't be disappointed. Now, as far as the call goes, Lucky Duck, you know, got to, got to thank them for everything they do, you know, supporting everything I do. Um, you know, it's the e-call that I use. Um, you know, the great thing about, you know, raccoon hunting is you don't need the most high end, most expensive call out there to go do this. Um, you know, in my opinion, probably the riot call that Lucky Duck produces would be probably the ultimate raccoon call. You know, you can get this call for I think somewhere in the, the $250 range. It's going to have all those raccoon sounds that Rick and I are going to talk about. It's going to have the built in decoy. It's going to have the upgraded remote, and it's going to be plenty loud enough um, for you to do that. So, you know, maybe you're looking for a Christmas present for a family member. Maybe you're just looking for something, you know, inexpensive that uh, maybe all you want to do is go call raccoons. Uh, you're not really worried about the coyote side of things. You know, this would be a great start. So, um, if you go to lucky.com, you can check out all, all the options there and especially, uh, you know, all the features of that riot e-call. Once again, the Verminator on the podcast. What's going on, Rick?
1: Well, not too much today. Getting <laughs> ready to, for a little Thanksgiving tomorrow. I'm going to take the family out calling a few spots in the morning. We usually end up showing up late for Thanksgiving, but that's all right
0: one more stand guys one more stand right yeah
1: that's right <laughs> a quick one real fast yeah real quick one <laughs> and then it turns into the longest one of the day
0: <laughs> with coyotes sitting there on the tree line not wanting to come out you know throwing 100 oh, sounds yeah. at him
1: yep <laughs> that's right <laughs>
0: Well, did you get uh did you finally get warmed up from last week
1: yeah i did actually for about three days my fingertips were kind of tingling i, I must have got some serious cold out there that's for sure
0: you know it was cold we were out uh you know rick and i were out in wyoming hunting with colt gillum filming some upcoming episodes of the last stand and i don't know for mid-november man it was it was a little colder than what i was wanting
1: oh yeah it don't even get that cold here in kansas where i'm from
0: i mean what was that one morning and what was it got down to like it was like 11 below 12 below on that last my morning
1: following you that last morning my my suburban said 14 below there for a while yeah but yeah but, i think it was like 11 below while we were hunting
0: yeah that's pretty wild for november i you know that's something we don't even might see one more time not maybe in january or february you know
1: not November's. I, the next, after I got home that next morning, I ran into town and stopped, got a few things and stopped off at the short stop I was in one of my green Verminator t-shirts and a lady looked at me because it was like in the mid twenties. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I just came from Wyoming where it was 14 below. I feel like I'm in a heat wave. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how you do get used to the cold though.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a different cold, you know, I, you know, the, the first time I ever came out hunting with you in Kansas, I remember looking at the, at the forecast and I'm like, oh, it's like 30, going to be 30 degrees, you know, heck, that's no problem. You know, and I brought my normal <laughs> stuff for 30 degrees out here and I just didn't realize
1: about the humidity, you know, right. Know that makes ever, a big difference ass off as bad as that. Mm, yeah. That <laughs> was, I remember that trip. It was, I call it raw.
0: Yeah. Well, then the wind, too, you know, luckily, you know, the first day out in Wyoming, it was, what was it, probably, I don't know, What what? Daniel got up to maybe high 20s, maybe that yeah. day, but the wind yep. was blowing maybe 15, 20, and it, obviously that, you know, single, probably single-digit wind chills.
1: Um, yep, I think I was colder that day than I was the, the, the final one when it was really cold temperature-wise. Yeah. yeah, that wind, man.
0: There's nothing to do, you know, I get a lot of questions about, hey, what kind of gear and what kind of clothing you wear? I don't know man coyote hunting is is probably the hardest thing to dress for, in my opinion, you know you're walking, yep. you're back in the warm truck, you're walking more, you're sitting on stand, you're walking again, you're back in the warm truck. It's just almost impossible to to be you know perfectly comfortable,
1: yeah, my feet is if I could figure that out, then I'd be onto to something the first I brought two pairs of boots the first day I wore uninsulated and the next. Day I wore insulated and, it, and my feet got just as colder, colder with the insulated because I think my feet sweat when we're hiking and then getting the truck and warm. You know what I mean? I yeah. I Don't know. I just can't come up with a solution for that part of it. No,
0: I've tried everything too. You know, the, I think the the thing that really gets us is, you know, you're sitting at least out here where we're hunting. You're jumping in the truck right off the bat, driving an hour, hour and a half to where you're going. Yeah. You know, and then you're I think your feet sweat then and then you're you're screwed right from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: you're right, yeah.
0: <laughs> I always thought about it just wear my, wear like my slippers, you know, out there, you know, while I'm driving and then put my hunting boots on when I get out there. But then ultimately, too, you're like you said, you're hiking in a little bit and sweating and then got a little snow we we're walking in before, you know by the end of the day, jumping in and out with a little snow on your boot, your boot gets wet, you know, and that it's just
1: yep, it's just part of it it is it is you gotta be tough (laughs) that's right
0: (laughs) well let's get into the the main focus of this podcast which is killing raccoons yeah you know it's something you know i've done it with you a handful of times now when i've been out hunting in kansas you know it's just crazy fun i mean if there was ever a thing to do that is just fun to me it's (laughs) probably calling raccoons
1: yeah i i agree with you it's just the way they come charge you know you're looking for them what not all of them do you know some of them just peek you know how they they do out of the trees and the holes and or come out and run off but the the ones that want to kill that electronic caller are the ones that just make you giggle yeah
0: (laughs) you know so you know you've you've probably been killing raccoons for ever since you were old enough to be out hunting but when when did you really kind of get into the calling thing where you know especially the day calling because I think a lot of people have maybe tried it at night. I know that's how I kind of started doing it. But to 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 people that have never seen this done or heard of it, when you tell them you're calling raccoons during the day, they kind of look at you like, Are you crazy? Are you nuts? You know, raccoons don't come out in the day. But when right. did you first when did you first kind of get involved or first figure this out where you're like, damn, this is pretty crazy.
1: Well in the late nineties there was a e call company called minascas they 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 were really into that and they invited me to come up nebraska and go with them and i was trying to do this bow mania bow video and i said i'm gonna bring a bow so that and they had they had that diet figured out and had it all dialed in and they was had these electronic calls you know and i was a hand call guy my whole life pretty much you know i turned my nose up at a (laughs) <laughs> fought, you know what i mean that yeah. just wasn't my thing then and i went and did it and saw them running over the call just like that and that was in the late 90s so that once that happened i was hooked on it for sure
0: yeah did they um at that time what what sound record did they have their own sound recordings of like yeah fights? yeah they yeah, using yeah somebody they else's did. Or?
1: yep nope they had their own they had a bunch of them and you know that it's it's almost like it if it it just works every you know you've been enough it's yeah. like if they're there and even if they don't come charging in they they come out and look I mean it just it's like it's almost like something that it don't matter how windy it is or how cold it is or you know it just works like calling crows you know what I mean <laughs>
0: yeah what <clears throat> well, they made a DVD didn't they was it called like crumbling yeah. coons or something like yep. that.
1: Yep, yep, that was exactly what it was, Crumble and Coons. <laughs> I
0: remember, I remember, what was it, what was guy? was their last name Manaska?
1: The bro- couple yep, of brothers, yep, wasn't it? Yep, 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 yeah, two I brothers. Briefly.
0: Wonder, wonder what they're
1: doing now, they kind of, I don't heard know, I, I ain't heard nothing about them for a long time.
0: Huh, that's. That's wild, you know. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people think though, you know, we obviously didn't invent calling raccoons. People have been doing it probably even before those guys. Those guys probably learned from somebody else. Probably saw somebody else do it and was like, wow, or maybe they were. I don't know. Were they the first? I don't. I don't really know. Pro-
1: I, I, no, I, I would guess, you know, like Burnham Brothers and Johnny Stewart, them original guys. They probably had coon stuff, you know. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. Never never really give it much thought i guess but everybody you know over the years is are figuring it out you know yeah i don't know why more people don't do it especially with kids you know would take kid calling coyotes or you know and sometimes that that's hard to do and it takes just like you i saw you, you had brett's boy out so did he get one then
0: yeah he ended up finally shooting one he sh- he's actually killed a couple of coyotes over the last couple oh, of years but yeah so but you know we he sat on stand all day before he got a real good shot you know which is
1: right you know, that's, so takes- what's it what's it coons you know you could you, you especially not maybe not where you're at because you don't have the numbers like i got but there's nobody traps them around here no more they ain't worth a dime and they're just they're just so sick, you know, it's so so easy to call them in. Now I'm saying that probably when we you come out in January, I'll probably can't call none in for some reason. We'll <laughs> see. I don't think that's going to be the problem, but.
0: So that trip, when you went up with the Manaska guys, did you end up getting a few with a bow that you end up putting oh, on your yeah. mania it, video?
1: Oh yeah. It, they put a bunch of it on their crumbling coons and then they let me also, and they sent me home with a call. So I, the next day I was out, rambling around with dad and i don't remember who all went and they were just dumbfounded as well
0: you you've you told me a story maybe we were bouncing around coyote hunting one time you told me a story about you pinning a, a raccoon to the tree <laughs> with yeah, an arrow. yeah on was, that
1: on that trip i shot one right right in the face with an arrow while it was charging up to their call and <laughs> then we went and had some you know how they climb out of the cottonwood tree and kind of come down? They change yeah. their mind, go back up. So I actually stuck more than one to the tree. I mean, just <laughs> like you took a 16-penny nail and drove it right into the – it was hanging on the tree. <laughs> they didn't use that in their footage. That was a little – that might even be too nasty even nowadays. I don't know.
0: <laughs> that, that had to have met. We were probably shooting those big old aluminum arrows at that time
1: oh yeah gas pipes my dad calls them yeah
0: yeah that just did it what that's got to mess an arrow up pretty good when you
1: stick it into the big
0: side of the cottonwood doesn't it oh so you yeah you pull yeah, the arrow out a, or is it no in that far? it
1: was no it was 15 feet up the cottonwood oh. probably maybe a <laughs> skeleton still hanging there i don't know
0: <laughs> oh that's funny
1: i got i got free arrows you know back then when i was trying to do that bow mania so i was launching them all over the place (laughs) that's funny jimmy always he always says yeah he shot a shot over a hundred arrows laying around all over the place and he only killed 20 coyotes
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good average for bow bow shooting coyotes and stuff you know yeah (laughs) Uh, you know i remember back you know my first really experienced with raccoons you know i was in high school probably in probably 1996 or so and you know we didn't really i had a, a i had an e-call at the time it was a damn i think it was a western rivers but you know was it johnny stewart had all those cassette tapes out you know at the time yeah yep. and and i had one that was raccoons but you know we only thought you could do it at night you know and i remember I had lined up a couple little farmyards and stuff down by the river. And in one week, a buddy and I went out and basically just shining, you know, we'd shine a tree and there'd be five of them up in the tree and we'd just start shooting them in, in the head, you know, with 22s or whatever. And I, mm-hmm. I remember we killed 30, 32 or 33 raccoons in one week. I think we went out a couple different nights or something. And then we had a coyote and I remember the fur buyer at that time would only come through town once a week. And I remember showing up there to the, you know, he's there for a half hour. So all, all these other old timer guys are there, you know, and I'm this little high school punk and I got like 30 some raccoons and this coyote piled up in the back of my little, little pickup. And I load them off. And I remember him writing me out a check for like $330. You know, that was back <laughs> when raccoons were, you know, six, eight oh, yeah. bucks a raccoon, you know, and, yeah, and I thought, Holy crap. But you know, at the time we had called, I remember sitting there at night calling and these damn things come running in. Um, and back when they're worth money, you know, the fur buyer was like, you do not shoot them with a shotgun. You know, I will not buy, you know, because they only allow them. I think if you're selling a raccoon, they sell them skin side out. So every every pellet hole or every bullet hole in them shows. So he, you're only allowed like two 22 caliber size holes before it starts docking you. Well, when you blast them with shotgun, you know, obviously, there's right. a two holes. So we were trying to hit these damn things with a scope 22, you know, running up to the call at night with the freaking light on them you know, that's pretty much, you got to hit them, per, like you said, perfectly in the head, you know, to, <laughs> right, uh, yeah, drop them. So that's when we were like, ah, hell with this. Let's just easier to shine them up in the tree and dump them out of there, you know, but, but I, I don't think it really, you know, I, I don't think the first time I ever did it in the daytime was when I came out hunting with you, honestly. Um, I'd seen it done, but uh, really experiencing it was with you out in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Did you ever sell them or, or were your raccoons ever worth money back, like in that ninety, or did you ever not even care? Would just...
1: I I didn't care in the nineties that I don't I don't remember if they were worth much then or not. Before I remember in high school they were worth a lot of you know, like 80s. They were worth pretty good money, but I no, I just I guess I just liked killing them, I guess. And we're usually using a shotgun. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's wild.
0: <clears throat> so Get, let's get into the setup a little bit, you know, and we'll kind of give kind of the nuts and bolts of this whole thing. So if somebody was listening, that's like, man, I, I really want to give this a shot. I mean, obviously there's lots of Midwestern listeners, Eastern United States guys listen to this, you know, Western guys might be a little tougher. I mean, but there's still river bottoms and Creek bottoms and ag and stuff like that, where you're going to find raccoons, maybe just not the, the numbers that the the Midwest and East have, but you know, when you, when you started doing this, how long did it take you to kind of figure out exactly you know, where you'd find all these raccoons, or, or was that something that was pretty easy, like, especially the first time you went and did it, you kind of had figured it out?
1: Well, yeah, well, when I went with Manaska, you know, and they were hitting these big cottonwoods with the holes in them and brush piles, you know, and old farmstead, Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I got home that next day with their call, took Dad and somebody out, and it was just automatic, you know, So pretty you're sp- much.
0: Yeah, you. I mean, so you're... Sp- you're isolating spots and when you're doing that i mean it's either you know when we talk about i mean somebody might not understand what a brush pile is essentially that's just where a a farmer rancher cleared out some a river bottom or something and they're piled up a whole bunch of dead trees in a big big pile like they're maybe going to eventually burn it but they have yet. kind of a deal yep them are
1: them are them are usually loaded up with the raccoons
0: (laughs) yeah that's fun because you hear them you know when you're calling a brush Mm. pile you usually hear them kind of they like busting branches trying to come up out of there. You know, it's like, they don't come running. It's like, they don't come running out of the bottom of it. You think they would. It's like they always come right out of the damn middle of the damn
1: thing. You know, it just made me think of that time when we had Russ's hired hand with us at that brush pile. And I said, hold on, I'm going to turn. Remember? And they come crawling out of that thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. The ones right beside us when we were sitting on yeah. the log yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's a video clip you know it's last stand episode I don't, you know i don't know if that was season two and that's know. on there but yeah these damn ago. raccoons are running right and they damn near run right around the the feet of of mike the one does <laughs> <laughs> and i was up on top of that damn log trying to figure out how to shoot the damn
1: things without shooting past everybody but it did, <laughs> didn't work <laughs> i knew i always for the coon stuff you know i want to. i'd like calling coyotes you know that's because it's challenging but for a morale booster i you know when nothing's coming in you know what i mean you get in a rut and can't make about four stands and everybody's daubers down i always do okay let's let's get a pick me up here and i go hit a couple of coon stands
0: yeah yeah that's that's the awesome part about where you're at is that's like all incorporated together, you know, but yep, every, yep. every damn spot we make a coyote stand, you could probably make a coon stand somewhere within that same
1: little spot. Oh you know? yeah. Yep. You know, and I, I've called them just in the, just in the cricks, you know, they, they're in the banks and the cricks and under root piles, you know, but it's, you don't really know where they're going to come from and like what's the revolt or the super revolt where you can rotate it around, you know, you can, seems i've noticed the louder you play it the, the more it tees them off i don't know i just but yeah i i've called them in the creeks where i know they're coming out of the bank you know yeah where there ain't no big cottonwood so they got to be coming out of holes and under some of them trees got them big root balls you know where they, the creek doesn't wash them out you know what i'm talking about oh yeah we so just got so many of them, you know, because nobody traps them, nobody does nothing with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you're when you're making these setups, you know, you, obviously if you're looking for brush piles, you're looking for old abandoned houses, old uh, old abandoned buildings where these raccoons. Essentially, essentially these raccoons are just laid up sleeping. I'm assuming, right? Yep. Is that what you see? Yep. They're just sleeping during the day, just in their little hole somewhere. Yep. And you're waking them up. Um, yep. And you know, here they come.
1: Yeah, they they must fight all night long anyway. It must be why that works so good. Cause you know where I live here and what's that creek, 300 yards from my house? Yeah. When I'm out dinking around with the Yotes or the half breeds or whatever, I every night I hear that same, like that coon distress too, that is my favorite. I hear that in the creek probably every other evening i'm out just just they must just fight and hate each other (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) you know what i mean do you uh
0: on any of your trail cameras do you have video you know you you send me these trail cam pictures every now and then you got set up around your deer stands and i mean there'll be 15 20 damn raccoons in one picture yep but do you do you ever have video where like i would assume they would get to fighting each other when you got that many of them fighting over a little bait pile or whatever
1: yeah, uh, no, I do, but I, I get pictures. I don't never run the video on oh, my cameras, gotcha. but I see them jumping on each other. And another thing, to not to change, go to the coyote side of this talk, but I see pictures of coyotes like hauling ass through the middle of, the, of all them coon. You know what I, oh, I think really? the coyotes, and I think that's why you know coyotes like to pick on stuff too a lot. So I think that's why the coyote coon fights. You know, work pretty good too as far as calling coyotes in because they're the coyotes are jacking around, chasing them around. I don't know how often they would get a raccoon and kill it and eat it, but I, I know for a fact they're, they're running them, chasing them around on them deer trail camera pictures. I can tell they are. Yeah, that there's makes their, sense. Head down, lined out like it, like they come to the call, you know. And I, I see all of the, the next picture. The coons are scattering like rats.
0: <laughs> that would be a good fight. I, I, you know, I bet you a coyote could eventually, but I, I, I almost think a coyote's smart enough to not even mess. You know what I'm saying? Like he knows, like this is going to be a battle. Like I could probably well, get myself tore up a little bit, even though way I could probably faster,
1: You know, he's way faster than the raccoon. So you know, you know what I mean. They're There'd probably I would say a couple of cows could kill one, especially these younger ones, you know. I I would assume. I'm sure they do. Yeah. But some yeah. big old boar now he's gonna flip over on his back and I don't know. Some kind, you know, everybody all animals got different personalities, so
0: so back back to the setup a little bit. Um, you know, what are you looking for? Let's okay, so let's let's back it up. So let's say you you know you have this uh, you're isolating a spot whether it's a, a one particular brush pile an old abandoned house you got this one particular big cottonwood tree or oak tree or whatever that has a few holes maybe you can see some holes up in the sucker you know yeah. what what's your approach from there
1: well the more you do it you know, you'll get your you'll get the, I I go I've called different big I call them dent trees and I never. Never have a coon, you know, come out of them. Some of them I've tried off and on several years. It's like they just don't like that particular tree for some reason. But you'll get, you know, just like our calling spots, we got our favorites, you know. So the more you go, the more you'll figure out, man, there's always coons right here. But one thing I look for, we have, you know, all this farm ground. And if there is corn along a creek, I guarantee you that's where the coons will be more of them congregating you know what i mean because yep. that's what they lo- they eat that corn off the ground and versus a a creek that's got green wheat on both sides of it well there'll, there'll be some coons in there but they won't be loaded up like the creek that has the corn planted next to it you follow what i'm saying oh
0: yeah yeah it makes total sense
1: so you know food source for a raccoon is for sure corn and that means more coons, so I'll work that crick more than I will one you know that's just out in the middle of a pasture.
0: So when you're getting there, I mean you're not worried like coyote stands. You know we're we're usually pretty cautious, you know, of trying to keep the noise down. You know, for sure, to yeah, for sure. Get in there, you know, not you know. You and I don't ever really use side by sides or nothing like that because we think they're too noisy for coyotes. Right. You know, we're using just our pickups but when it comes to calling raccoons are you seems like when i've hunted with you we're never we're never that concerned it's like we we can almost pull the truck just right up in there and get it kind of hit a little bit yeah so you're walking yep. like less than 50 yards to get into where <laughs> you're gonna you know where you're gonna make a stand yeah
1: yep yep no i it's doesn't seem to be that critical they they'll smell you just like a coyote you got to get that part of it right for sure but and if they can see the truck when they climb out of the tree, you know, that sometimes is a deal breaker as well. They'll stay up there and you can shoot them still, but like, a, you know, we're looking for them ones to crash into the call. So,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: but yeah, no, I've, I, in the past years ago when Shine was in high school, we'd buzz around on a golf cart and now we got this you know quad cab i like i told you we might run the river and use it a little bit and then no yeah i just stab it just stuff it right in the trees and walk less than 50 yards It, it helps you cover a lot more ground for sure
0: now distance wise it seems like we're trying to get within maybe less than 50 yards of of where we think they're at you know you're you're setting up within you know 50 yards of the brush pile or 50 yards of the old yep. house or 50 yards of the cottonwood or even a little closer, even.
1: Right. That's what I like to do.
0: Cause it just seems to me like they don't, although we have, I've been with you a couple times and we've just, we've just called like uh almost making blanket stands down on that river bottom where you don't, there's all kinds of cottonwoods and stuff all over the place. So you don't really know exactly where they're going to be. So you're just kind of almost making like coyote stands almost. Yeah. Picking your way through there. And all of a sudden you'll look out and you'll see one running from a hundred yards coming coming through the bottom you know but it seems like distance is a is a factor like they don't they're
1: not going to come from a long ways i don't i i've had them saw them come from a long ways you know but most of them my mind tells me you know that they're buried in that hole or they're being in the middle of a giant hollow cottonwood tree i just think that sound that's why i crank it up you know what i mean not only does i i think that being really loud pisses them off more I think they don't hear it as well I mean that's got to be pretty cozy down in the bottom of a giant old 50 year old cottonwood wouldn't you think that'd be like yeah. the best soundproof you know what I mean I just think they they probably don't hear it as well when they're you know in one of them cottonwoods or I I, I think in a brush pile they probably hear it pretty well I don't know it's got to be pretty well insulated and cozy down in the bottom of one of them trees. Yeah. So I I think that's why they don't come as far as we, you know, like you said, that's my, I think, yeah, I think
0: cranking that call. I think it's, it's almost like, I like, like you said, I think the louder it is, it almost like pisses them off more. Like I,
1: I, that's what I see over the years
0: yeah it's it is you know so so once you get set up there obviously the only, the only thing you're really worried about is is making sure your vehicles kind of hit as best you can and you know the good thing about a cottonwood tree your your the coons are probably going to come from one spot so if you pull in from one side and the wind's not right all we have to do is usually walk around the the edge you know and walk yep. around to the back side to where the wind is right you know yeah and and set up and you know put the call out you know Twenty, thirty, forty yards, from where you think these these raccoons are going to be, you know, and then you go to your folder, you know, on the lucky duck calls, um, there'll be a raccoon folder, and you know, raccoon distress number two. I think that's the one I use. That's what you use. Yeah,
1: that's that's the, seems I'm, to be the, that's the first one the I go-to. play. And I crank her wide open for about three minutes, and if nothing's happening, then I go to one of them coon fights like that. I don't remember what one it is. It's got that one. You guys always laughs. It sounds like and that raccoon goes tickling. Woo! Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't know what that, what that is, but that was a raccoon that I caught in a live trap. And I think I told you I was just blowing on him, trying to get him to make some kind of a noise, yeah, you know, yeah. like blowing my air. You know what I mean? Just, yeah and and he started doing that recorded it but i i don't know what that probably raccoon s- specialist <laughs> would know what that <laughs> raccoon's saying i don't know well you know there's
0: been several you know like coyote stands we're always switching sounds you know it's not like we're sitting yeah. playing the same you know and raccoons I, it works i mean there's there's been several times in the past couple of years where i've been over just doing this stuff by, by myself or if i'm out here in nebraska and um I'll play that raccoon distress for the first, like you said, two or three minutes and nothing shows up. And I'll play that, that other one, that raccoon fight. It's just a little bit different and yeah. then one will show up, you know? And, um, so I think, you know, playing a couple different sounds is
1: always key. Yeah, no, I agree. I've, since I've added them other than raccoon fights, I'll, I'll, I'll do about three of them now before I get up and leave. Cause you're right. They'll, one of them's got more of that. <laughs> whatever that that huffing or whatever they're doing and but i always start out with coon distress too for some reason you get you get you know how you it's hard to change once you you know what i mean i don't know why that is well, you get, i don't know if everybody's ways, like that. you know, yeah it's working
0: mm-hmm. so realistically you're only sitting there for what five six minutes yep a lot of times i mean that seems like yep. that's normally the norm and we can you know pound around and and call a bunch of different places in a pretty quick amount of time yeah yep now it seems to me too like you know we're always looking for those ones that that charge the call uh you know (laughs) it seems like those are always the big i mean and and usually when that happens it seems like that's like within the first 30 seconds normally i mean
1: yeah they're they're climbing out of there wherever they're at coming as fast as they can come i've even seen them bail out of cottonwood trees like a squirrel and land <laughs> in the next limb and then you know i think maybe you saw that one time there on the old man's place
0: yeah that big one that come out and he had dropped off and it and you shot it and then it had the three littler ones yeah and you started yep. blowing them off the branch with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yep i was thinking that was when you were along on that <laughs> yeah. trip
0: yeah because that one was a big bastard <laughs> that was probably one of the biggest raccoons i've ever got with you the one yeah. you blasted right there at the call Mm -hmm. but yeah that's to me that's what makes raccoon hunting fun is that you know you're not walking 500 yards in and out of stands you're you're sitting there for like five minutes six minutes you're not sitting there for 10 or 15 you know and
1: it's usually when it happens it's like it's happening right now and, and it's pretty crazy yeah it's basically everything we ever wanted nothing we didn't
0: you know, I wonder about some. You know, I I don't. I've never done a bunch of research on like raccoons as far as like how their little family groups work. But it seems to me like the you know normally by the the fall and winter the the coyote pups are on their own already. You know, yeah. running around. But it seems like the the young raccoons that are now you know six eight months old they're still like it's almost like they're still in a family group. Like they're still living with the in the same hole or same old house or something.
1: Yeah, that- I. I'm I I think you're probably right there. I really don't know how that works either, but I think that's why they come to that fighting so much. Because I think when it when the sun starts coming up in the morning and they are all heading back to wherever they're going to sleep, they must they must slap each other around. And you ain't coming in, you know what I mean? I don't I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I just I don't know. But yeah, I'd have to agree with you.
0: Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I need to take a second to tell you a little bit about Swagger bipods. Now, if you follow the podcast for any amount of time, or even our Last Stand YouTube series, you know that's my go-to bipod system for consistently putting bullets in coyotes. Now, in coyote hunting, things happen fast, and you need to be able to maneuver your rifle and get on target quickly, and that's exactly what the Swagger bipod system will allow you to do. Now, if you're in the market for one, you'll notice they have a 129 version, a hundred forty-two version, as well as a QD forty-two and a QD seventy-two. All the numbers refer to is how tall the bipod gets. If you want to run what I run, I run the hundred forty-two. So, if you're in the market for a new bipod system, visit SwaggerBipods.com. Now, back to the podcast. Because what'll happen a lot of times, it seems to me, like so. If you're if if you're out there doing this, I think it's a you put one guy with a shotgun. And he's covering a call, and then it's nice to have another guy with the rifle, um, you know, to because not every raccoon's going to come running out of the, you know, down the tree or, or out of the house, um, you know, and if you're just out there trying to kill, you know, the most raccoons possible, which is what we try to do, you know, yeah, um, you know, then you got all your bases covered because the the hard charging raccoon coming to the call is hard to hit with a scoped rifle, so shotgun's a pretty easy shot. Yep. Um, and then those, those little ones that hang up on the branches and are poking their heads out and looking out the, the house window at you, you know, or
1: speaking <laughs> out always, the chimney,
0: whatever. I've you
1: know. al- yeah. We've always used a 22 mag, you know, in fact, when I went with Manaskas, I, I, I'd never done that before, you know, and other than coon hunting was guys you know and with the d- hounds you know and they always used the 22 and i just the manaskas all they all had 22 mags and i think that's a little safer you know shooting in an upward direction than a high power rifle so that's kind of what we've always just used a 22 mag yeah
0: yeah well you just don't miss don't miss and yeah you don't have to worry about it right that's right yeah
1: <laughs> and, or shoot them you know when they're on the up against the tree you know what i yeah. mean not
0: well, you know the ones I've shot with you with my AR. I'm telling you, the coons are thick, man. I mean that. that oh 50, yeah. that 53 grain Vmax, it they eat it like I mean it kills them. <laughs> yeah, dead, but they don't. they yeah.
1: there ain't no hole. There ain't nothing. I'm like, man. Yeah, well the man. 22 or a 22 mag, you you got to kind of shoot them in the head or the ear, even. Otherwise they can they can absorb a freaking clip full of 22 long <laughs> rifle. They can. <laughs>
0: Now, something interesting. You know, one of the first times I hunted with you, we've we had a couple of raccoons that just would probably young ones that weren't real motivated to come fight, but they would peek their head out of the hole. You know, oh yeah, and we'd have just a headshot at them in the hole, and you'd always say, "Don't don't shoot them, let them come out of the hole." Yeah, all the way. So you found over. Obviously, you you back in the day, you probably just shot them and then they die oh, and yeah. they fall back down yeah. in the hole.
1: Yeah and then quickly figured out there was not no coons there for a long time and you can imagine if it falls down in there it's going to lay there and rot away and be a you know yeah it, i don't know what you would call it killing the tree or yeah yeah or wrecking it yeah don't i yeah just let them get out of there unless you don't care about coming back to that spot for a long time you know what i mean so yeah it makes yeah.
0: sense I, it's it's interesting you know i Never really thought about that, you know. I've hit him. I remember that one time I was with you, and that sucker had his head peeking out of the the like the fascia of the of the roof of that old house. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah. and I was just like hell with it, and I I drilled him right in the face with that two twenty three, and he starts like kicking and flopping, and he actually
1: pushed pushed himself right. out he, he did he launched himself <laughs> he right himself out
0: of there. out of the house you know just that involuntary reaction when you head shoot him you know yep <laughs> the, the funny one we know we got video of that out. it's on one of those last stand videos i can't remember which one but that that old roof had that metal sheeting on it you know and that mm-hmm. first one popped up and and he wasn't you kind of you, right away you kind of know you know is, is he coming yep. all the way or not and you you kind of whisper over and said Nah, just shoot him and and i shot him and it was kind of funny because he it just crumpled him and he slid right down that metal roof
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. yeah Yeah, it's there's no doubt about it that it's definitely fun
0: you know and as far as getting footage like if you wanted to pull out your cell phone and and get footage for your social media page or what if you got a little youtube channel or whatever man because it's easy filming like you know like uh yeah it's it makes it pretty well
1: good. a lot of times you hear them you know they're coming because you can rah, 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 and they're pissed off some of them right from the get-go yeah yeah
0: <laughs> banking on uh you know yeah busting branches out of those brush piles that's normally in the brush pile stuff you'll hear them busting little branches yeah. coming up out of there um
1: you know but yeah that's that's, that's i got a lot cool. of spots lined up
0: you know speaking of spots lined up you know you know Use Onyx quite a bit. I mean, probably yep. not so much because you know all your spots um, so well. But that's one thing I thought you know would be a great tool for Onyx is you know you can drop pins. Yeah. And and like right. you and I talked about, I think on one of the last stand thing, you know, we were walking in and out of coyote stands one time. I remember with you, and we came across something that you had maybe I think it was a tree or something you'd never thought of before, or something. Yep. And yep. Like wow, yep. yeah. You know, so, yeah, if you're out in the woods deer hunting or whatever, man, you just start, you just start dropping pins, you know. Oh, yeah, there's a, I can, that's a cottonwood or an oak tree or whatever has some holes in it. Or, oh, there's a brush pile or there's a, a big wash bank along the, the creek that has a bunch of holes and old gnarly roots and stuff.
1: Yep, definitely work good for that. Start
0: dropping all these pins and the next time you get, like you said, a middle part of the day or morning and you want to take somebody out, man, you got all your, all your coon stands lined up, ready to roll.
1: Mm-hmm. Perfect.
0: What's your uh, what's your time? You know, like when we're doing coyote stands, you know, if you go in and kill a coyote or calling a coyote, screwed up, whatever. You know, obviously we try to wait as long as possible to go back in there. Yeah. You know, month, yep. month and a half. Is that similar with 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 the raccoon stuff, or do you feel
1: that they fill back in and uh, uh, you know into a spot sooner well, than coyotes you know, do it?
0: Or what do you think there?
1: Like, like you know, my what I always say is my favorite place is on the old man's there, right off the gravel. You know what I mean? Yep. So, it's like, I'm saving everything until you guys get out here. So, we'll go, if we kill some in there, you know, which I'm sure we will, at least one, I'll usually wait a couple weeks, and it's still, still call some in, still see some, but we might have killed that big nasty one, you know, and it'll be two or three of them squirrels that just run around on the limbs, which is still fine if you're trying to kill, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't think it's as bad as what happens when you spoil coyotes. That's what I call it, spoiling them. Yep. So, no, I don't think it's as bad, but you might have killed the the ones that really want to fight. And I'm I'm not an expert on it, but I, I don't know for sure when they breed. I would think it would be late. You know, our fur bear season ends about the middle of February, and they're a fur bear. So that's in Kansas, the only time we can shoot them, which I wish they'd change that. There's so many of them. But I kind of think, you know, when they get started breeding, like in February, even them younger ones are more, you know, aggressive and meaner. You know what I'm saying? It seems like right before fur bear season ends, it's like, Everywhere you go, they're coming in like crazy hard.
0: Well, I think you just got to look at densities, too. I mean, you take take a look back at those trail cam pictures you have, you know, mm-hmm. 20 raccoons. I mean, obviously, those raccoons aren't coming from miles to that corn pile. You know, they're probably all living within that little quarter section, you know, or whatever. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yes, they are. And, and we're not ever calling when you make a, a coyote or a coon stand, you're not ever calling in 20 of them at once. So, <laughs> no. you know, we're, like you said, the big the big dominant ones have probably the best spots, you know, and all the, all the rest of these are just kind of in the outskirts. And it's, yeah, I mean, the densities are high enough that I think stuff would fill in that much quicker.
1: Yep. You're right.
0: You know, the, the one time, you know, there's, I'm trying to think (laughs) back what season that was, if it was the, maybe it was the very first episode of season three of the last stand. We, we do a, a specific raccoon episode. And you and you were gonna try to get one with a damn bow, and uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you may have seen the episode if you haven't go search it it's 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 a riot watching it, um, but you know you finally get, how many how many raccoons you probably shot with a bow bunch, bunch? yeah, bunch. years like that bunch,
1: I was more you know on my game when I was younger, you know, I just grabbed that old bow, and when you guys came out, hard didn't even hardly you know shoot, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. not taking it you know seriously like i usually do i didn't think it would be as difficult as it was actually
0: well you did hit as many e-calls as you did raccoons that's That's right
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you know when you want to whack one just like we do the shotgun for the coyotes you know you want it to you want it you want it to kind of take the arrow about the same time it hits the call and that's yeah yeah that's
0: Occasionally,
1: shot. yeah. Occasionally, like Patterson does, shoots the freaking call with his shotgun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was entertaining. I, you know, I was just backing you up with the rifle or shotgun or whatever. I don't remember what I had, but yeah, that was pretty entertaining watching you try to hit those suckers. It, what people don't understand if you've never shot like a moving, t- I mean, what's a raccoon probably running? I don't know, eight ten mile an hour, maybe. I don't know, <laughs> probably when they yeah. come. But still, you know, like you said, you're trying to look through that little peep sight. You know, and you know, and moving, and you know, trying to lead them a little bit, and yeah, it's and not shooting a bow like you don't really know what your lead should be at ten yards on a raccoon that's bouncing to the call, you know.
1: Right. Yep. <laughs> it it took a little while.
0: But that that damn last one that come running in that day, you know, and into kind of another technique that we've done a lot is is we'll make a coyote stand. And at the end of the coyote stand, you'd be like, ah, no coyote showed up, so I'm going to throw some raccoon distress on real quick. And there's been multiple times we've killed raccoons doing that with you. When you're doing that, is there something, it, do you not, if you know that you're going to make a raccoon a quick st- stand at the very end of the, of the coyote stand, is there a particular sound you won't play during, during the coyote about, part of that stand?
1: I'm sorry about that. My phone rang, and I couldn't figure out how to shut it off. Tell me that last few seconds again.
0: So when you're making a coyote stand, there's been a lot of times where we'll, we'll fire up the coon sound at the very end of the coyote stand, just maybe, and, and we've called in raccoons. Um, if you're planning on doing that, is there a particular sound you won't play during that, during that coyote stand? Or does it, do you think it really matters?
1: Hey, my phone a, keeps have ringing. Yeah, you got...
0: difficulties on your end?
1: Yeah, because I'm a freaking 50, late 50s idiot that don't know how to run none of this stuff. I mean, I ain't answering it, but it, it won't let me hear you when I, you know, I hear it oh, beep and yeah, I got yeah. it on silent, but it like it blocks you out. So everybody get a big chuckle out of that. Rick's <laughs> freaking low tech ding Hopefully the guy do not call back again.
0: He might call you again now.
1: <laughs> well, I got it figured out how to shut it off quick now. Just push the little red button. Hey, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably so coyote- somebody wants to buy a super revolt. God dang it, oh, I'm yeah, missing yeah. out.
0: <laughs> All right, so for the third time, okay. we're, making a, we're making a coyote stand, but there's been a lot of times I've been hunting with you, and we've, we, at the very end of the coyote stand, no coyote show up. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to fire up a raccoon distress real quick. Yep. And, and we've killed raccoons doing that. If, you, yes. if you're planning on doing that at the end of a coyote stand, is there a particular sound you don't try to play during the coyote sound, or do you think it really even matters?
1: Uh, I don't know. I I like to think that if you play a whole bunch of knock, down, you know, like Sig kicking ass and some evil witch, some real na- – night. it seems like if I just play, you know, Juju or a pup distress and then go into that coon, it seems like, you know, maybe we'll call a coon, but it's if I play a whole – raft to knock down drag out coyote fights it almost seems like then i don't call a coon in yeah that makes sense
0: you know the one thing i'm the one particular stand i was thinking of was when we were filming that bow stand or that trying to that day of you trying to get one with a bow that very last stand of the day we actually went in and made a, a coyote stand yep and then at the very end you're like well there's a couple of big cottonwoods clear up at the end of that pasture and what were those they were probably a couple hundred yards weren't they yeah
1: and i think that helps too if you know if the trees they're in or the you know is farther away than how we normally do a coon set then i i think they more than likely might come in because they you they they wasn't hearing that coyote fight at 28 volume 30 yards away you know what i mean yeah yeah
0: yeah because you know late in that stand it was getting dark you know and you're like okay i'm gonna fire it up real quick and that raccoon came pretty hard and He come hard from our right right to the almost to the call i think he winded it right at the last second mm-hmm. and, and he kind of kind of started running back towards us to a little extent and you were you were trying to shoot that damn shotgun we had that ar shotgun with the red dot on it you know which is <laughs> yeah. not great yep. it's for that kind of stuff, but I think you hit right at the pattern was like four inches, you know, tight pattern because it's in you damn near hit him in the foot. And the damn raccoon's kind of <laughs> trying to figure out, Oh, God, I got to get out of here. Well, he just took off running. I don't know where he, he didn't know where he was running, but he came running right at me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I still picture that like it just happened yesterday. And, and this thing, and I'm I kind of have my I'm sitting down on
0: the ground, I kind of got my knees sucked up, you know, and and I'm like, Oh, God. And I just at the last <laughs> second, I kind of just threw my foot out, kick that raccoon. He does about a double backflip in the air. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's the ground. But- I'm
0: scrambling. I, I finally get him shot.
1: Well, that was pretty amazing that you kept your composure and got him killed i've been <laughs> crapping my pants because them things are evil i'd rather get in a pen with a bunch of vicious coyotes fighting than get anywhere around a raccoon i mean they grab like they got hands grab you, you yeah know? yeah they got thumbs don't they yeah like weird <laughs> yeah, <little thumb. laughs> yeah they grab you around the side and chew you up <laughs>
0: Well, you and I have been tossing around ideas, you know, we're going to film, we're going to film another raccoon episode or two or three, uh, when we're out there in January. So we've been trying to, cause obviously just calling in raccoons and shooting them is, is fun, but you know, we always try to add in a, a fun extra little element to it, you know, of how close we can get them or what we're going to do. But right. You know, I I think what we've narrowed it down to is what we're going to, who's ever, who's ever up on deck, we're going to, we're going to put the, the call right between your feet
1: right close i don't know about you know yeah. you don't I think don't about want, it? you don't think I don't we want... ought to do it
0: right between our feet
1: well i'll put it right in my freaking crotch and set <laughs> on it i mean i just don't <laughs> want kids to i don't want anybody to have a shotgun you know and go see what we're doing and have some kid blow a foot off with these, you know what i mean i don't yeah that's true i i don't want anybody i want to do something crazy and people get a big laugh about it but yeah we'll, we'll decide when it when we start doing it but yeah. yeah, I right in front of us. The deal is, whoever kills the, the closest, you know, yeah, yeah, is the winner. When when the we got to yeah. come up with some kind of a bet, whether you know, yeah, steak but, dinner or I ain't giving you a rifle. <laughs> <I> give you, <laughs> you a rifle <laughs> <laughs> if you win. You know, we got to have some. The winner's got to get some kind of a. Oh yeah, we'll we'll come up with something.
0: Heck yeah, yeah. Some punishment. Maybe, maybe, punishment for maybe, the loser.
1: You know? Maybe, maybe Tim will make us a belt buckle for the champion coon collar or something.
0: <laughs> well, you know, all these young, all these young guys on YouTube doing all these chat like a big thing. I know you probably don't know about this, but these challenge videos on YouTube, like we're doing some sort of like hot sauce challenge, you know, who can eat the. Yeah. I, you know I never, there's all this crap on youtube maybe your grandkids are watching this stuff you know they but. probably
1: are but i definitely ain't
0: <laughs> but i hey, would watch the would numbers wa- right we'll do the raccoon challenge we'll call it yeah you
1: know I, I i would watch a bunch of squirrels trying to let a raccoon crawl in their crotch <laughs> <laughs> no i'm 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 excited about it this night hunting and the coon stuff in the day. i'm i'm looking forward to it and i got some i was telling you about some ideas i got this authentic replica stagecoach gun like doc holiday you know when they're walking down to the ok corral I yeah got yeah one of them replicas it's got hammers on it and everything so i'm going to use that a little bit that'll be fun then i i got a little short semi-automatic shotgun i don't know if you've seen that thing it's only about three feet long it's i can put my silencer on it i might use it a little bit and i've ordered a bunch of raccoon stuffed toys you know what i mean and i'm going to take the (laughs) stuffing out and well you know we get them ones that that are come out act like they're going to come or they check up out there and stand up you know what i'm talking about like they oh they they got us rethink what they're doing and then they look at the call and then they you know they don't fully commit so i think if the thing looks like a raccoon i think we're going to have more of them crash into it so you're always thinking rick you're always thinking i like that kind of stuff (laughs) i know you do (laughs) 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 different the
0: last the last thing i want to talk about is kind of how you know why you know, obviously, raccoon calling is fun, but there actually is probably some importance to it from a conservation standpoint.
1: Oh, hands down.
0: Um, you know, and I think, you know, the relationship between, you know, turkey numbers and raccoon numbers are very relative.
1: And, Pheasant and quail as well out here. They're you know, they're nest raiders big time.
0: You know, I, I came across this uh, this chart the other day. Uh, and thought it was really interesting. It was a study done down in Missouri, and it was it was based off of the number of raccoon pelts sold, um, based off the fur market, versus the the poult to hen ratio in the turkey numbers. And you know, back in like the late seventies, even even in the mid nineties, you know, they were selling you know three hundred, two hundred to three hundred thousand raccoon pelts, and the in the poult to hen ratio was you know, in the, in the 2.5 to 3.5 ratio. Well, now as you get into the late 2000, like 2015 and on the raccoon pelt sold are in the 20 to 30,000. So, you know, 10% of what it was. And now the, the pulp to hen ratio is like 0. 0.9, you know, so it's cut that down to a third, you know, a lot of that has to do with the, the raccoon market just went, went to hell, you know? So, yep. You know, the trappers obviously were the guys back in the day that were really hammering the raccoons because you know, they can run a trap line, they can get a bunch of raccoons and they were keeping the numbers in check. But when when the prices go down and gas goes up and guys are like, you know, it's just not there's no way you could possibly afford to to run a trap line, they don't do yep. it anymore.
1: No nope. so, if they if they do, they just do it over Christmas with the grandkids for a couple after you know what I mean, yeah, just yeah, a little just bit. Fun. Yep. So
0: yeah, the the conservation point of this is that you got to manage the the predators to some extent, and raccoons are probably probably as hard on anything as as any predator oh. out there.
1: Yeah, that that's a fact. Just like them pictures I send you, they're they're if I got a dozen cameras out, there's that there's fifteen to twenty coons dinking around every one of them. Not just oh they're sick over there on Dad's, but no hardly you know everywhere.
0: Yeah. So if you, you know, if you have a deer lease, if you have some property, anything like that, I mean, God dang. I I mean, I would think that's more important than going out and trying to kill the coyotes off, honestly.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not just the, it's not just the raccoons, you know, possums are, they're a nest raider too. And I, I smarted off on social media somewhere a while back here, somebody had a possum in their garage and I, I don't know why I did. I don't someday, When I'm old and retired, I'm going to start saying what I really want to say on social (laughs) media, but right now I'm not. But I, for some reason, this person posted this, you know, and I said, club it, save a few (laughs) turkey eggs this spring. And so people got on there and said, oh, it ain't hurt nothing. It ain't hurting nothing. They eat a lot of ticks. So I did my own research just like you did. I got online and they were talking about how possums eat, 5,000 ticks uh, I mean they were talking about some crazy numbers they they said they had them five possums in cages and they ate 5,000 ticks a week or something insane and I'm like well okay so then I kept looking and then I found another study by some fishing game somewhere where they took like 20 dead possums opened them up and it inspected everything that was in their stomach right so the one study claimed they eat five thousand ticks the other study said they never found a tick in a single possum so i went back to that one that said they were well they were pouring ticks into these cages or however they were holding them you know what i mean well yeah yeah, they're gonna eat them they're sitting there in a freaking cage what do you think they're gonna do well, so, another thing
0: too, there's no tick, you know. Right now, in the winter and the early early spring, you know, the, the, are the ticks even out? There ain't any ticks are there?
1: Right? No, there ain't no ticks now. It's just spring, summer, early fall, till it gets good and cold. But I, I'm just saying, you know, they were the 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 people were telling me to not kill a possum because they kill so many ticks, and then I got <laughs> to looking at the turkey. You know, they do studies on them too. Well, they claim turkeys might eat 200 ticks a day. So, you know, I'm like, the the possums got to go to save the nest. So do the coons. We got, we don't, well, they had to lower our turkey. We can only kill one turkey here nowadays because, you know, we yeah, just what, don't five got years the ago, turkey. What,
0: could you shoot two or three? Two. Yeah, I think up here in Nebraska at one point in the spring, I think you could shoot, I don't know, three or four, maybe. It was it was a lot, and now I think they lower even lowered it here in Nebraska to two or something like that. You know, just because the numbers are down so far. I mean, I'm sure you probably yeah. talked to ten different guys that do this stuff. They might say drought and this and that. Yeah,
1: God, I and, would have to and think and the raccoon be, numbers. You know, all the all the different things combined, you know, but it's obvious that there's too many coons. Period. I mean, there are just too many of them. What'll happen eventually is I would think they'd get distemper or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's sure, that's
0: really, yeah. I think that's really what wipes those raccoon populations out is distemper and yeah. roll right through them, you know, but you know, here here's the, here's the bottom line on all this. I'm sure there's guys listening to be like, well, I don't mind going out and shoot raccoons, but what am I going to do with them? You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't really feel like I should go out and, and shoot some things. And, and you may feel like that. That may be the way, if you're listening to this, that may be the way you feel, but to me, you're, you're killing them because, hey, you're helping out your your turkeys and, and everything else that's on your property or, or where you're hunting. Right. Yep. And, and if you got to ultimately throw them in a ditch or in a dumpster or whatever, I mean, that's, is it glamorous? No doing that? No. But, I mean, that's the reality of it. You're out there shooting them to, A, for the fun of it. I mean, yeah. Realistically, right? Well, they ain't
1: even they not change off the coons, but coyotes are getting to be the same way, right? I can't yeah. even give one away here where I'm at. Mine aren't as nice as you know you and T.R.'s coyotes, but they ain't worth nothing around here. So, yeah, I, I think ultimately I you got
0: to be. You, I I don't. It seems like in our culture today, people there's this like with the meat eater whole trend and stuff like that. Like you're, yeah, you're like you're a terrible hunter or you're a terrible person. If you're not using that animal for every possible thing you could use it for, you know, Yeah. how dare dare you just go out there and kill it for the fun of it? Well, I mean, I'm not afraid to say I go and shoot stuff for the fun of it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe hate me for that, but I don't know. Yeah,
1: me too. I I feel like I'm on this earth to manage the predators. So there you go.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, if you're listening to this, don't feel bad. Go go whack some raccoons, have fun doing it. And don't feel guilty that you have to throw them all in a ditch somewhere.
1: I wouldn't put them in a ditch. I like We're a hole. I, I, I have family, you know, that has a place to put them in the pasture. You know, dead yeah, pile or birds. whatever.
0: You're feeding the birds. You're feeding the worms.
1: You, you know, know, like old Clint Clint Eastwood said. Uh, he said the buzzards and the worms got to eat too, son.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's my that's my comment when everybody asks me what do you do with all that stuff. I'm like, ah, yeah, we feed the birds and we're feeding the worms. You know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh Well, that was good info, man. Hopefully everybody gets out there, you know, now, uh, you know, it'll be middle of winter, everybody should be done with their big game seasons, you know, in between calling coyotes, if you're struggling doing that, you know, make you feel like a champ going out there and calling in some raccoons, you know, blasting those, take the kids, take your, take your buddies, take your family because, uh, you know, it can be a hell of a lot of fun.
1: Yep. That's a fact. It's a blast.
0: So before we get off here, man, it's, it's, it's right around the holiday season, uh, what do you got going on your website right now as far as lucky duck call sales guys looking to pick something up for gifts or, uh, you know, yeah, I, like don't, that.
1: I got, I got some new hats. I just got in and some new skull caps, but Cheyenne ain't got them on the site yet. Maybe here after Thanksgiving, but I got, I got every call in stock and I'm adding 300 bucks or more worth of free sounds. You get a, if you buy a super revolt, you get a pick five sounds. And if you, pester me a little bit i might even make some deals i don't know i gotta sell some calls sell sell sell
0: <laughs> i like it i like it verminator right
1: that's it buddy come on pester me i'll there make a wheel and deal
0: there you go you can help rick out i mean it's it's okay if you want to go buy him from the big box store but i'll tell you what you know cool thing about when when you buy him from rick you know, a lucky duck call. He's going to open that box up. He's going to go through it. He's going to check it out for you. I mean, ultimately it's electronics and it's coming, you know, they're coming in pallets, you know, to the, to the warehouse. So, you know, occasionally there'll be just a bad lemon in a group, you know, so he'll check it out and make sure everything's good to go for you before he boxes it up,
1: ships it to you. Yep. Some TLC from the verminator. That's right. That's right.
0: Well, buddy, thanks for, thanks for coming on the podcast with me again. Always, always fun talking with you. Um, but uh, before we get going, like I said, if you want to want to check out Rick's website, purchase a call, or you know any other lucky duck accessory for an e call, you can go to verminatorpc.com and uh, and help him out, support him. But uh, other than that, I need to thank Eastman's for putting this all together. I know they got some holiday deals going now with their tag hub stuff, so you can go to eastmans.com to to figure that out. And once again, if you're looking to find um information on myself or or what i'm doing the best way to do that is just go to my website which is CoyoteCraze.com. that'll give you links to all the youtube last stand episodes that we talked about um i got some stuff on my personal youtube page now which is just jeff nimnick coyote vids um and that'll give you links also to my social media instagram if you want to follow along usually when we're out rick and i are out hunting filming these shows i'll i'll run some stories and put some fun content on there like that but uh but yeah check that out if you got anything but also need to thank the sponsors that make this possible. Uh, Lucky Duck Predator Calls, Swagger Bipods, Hornady, Onyx Hunt, Cryptech, Sig Sour Optics, and Black Rifle Coffee Company. Thanks again to all those guys. And, and thanks to you guys for listening and making this the number one podcast out there. Predator hunting podcast, that is. Um, really appreciate that. Well, everybody have a great holiday season, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Eastman's Predator Pros Podcast.